Last Sunday, we talked about breaking camp over in the book of Deuteronomy. We talked about how Moses wanted, uh, gave his last sermon to the Israelites, children of Israel, and said, now, get up around this mountain, break camp, and go out and proclaim what is rightfully yours. And they did for a little while. But then they, as just like us Christians today, we get tired of claiming what's rightfully ours. You see, we, we've come to the society now that we ought to just get it handed to us. Somebody else work for it, somebody else get it, and then I'll sit here and you hand it to me. That's nothing new. That is nothing new at all. If you have your Bibles this morning and you want to turn to Matthew, the third chapter, that's where we're going to be getting our text from. Let's look at somebody else who broke camp. Somebody else that had sat back and they had saw what was happening and they had been asking God for guidance and direction. And in Matthew, the third chapter, it says, In those days John the Baptist came, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepared the way for the Lord, make straight the path for him. Now you can finish reading out the chapter there. John was standing out in the River Jordan and he was baptizing. And he was telling people that they had to come and they had to confess their sins and to be baptized. But there was one greater coming. John broke camp from the traditional church at that time. You see, at that time, if you wanted to learn about Jesus or you wanted to learn about God, if you wanted to learn anything there was about what God's plan was, you had to go to the temple and you had to pay some kind of penance for you and your family. And then you could go in and listen to some pompous person stand up there and read from a scroll what was what God had said. But here come John. John broke away from the mountain he was camped around. John broke away from that lifestyle that everybody had grown accustomed to and that everybody said, well, this is the only thing we can do. And John broke away from it and came out and started telling people, God loves you and He's sending a Savior for you. I wonder sometimes how people would perceive us if we started staking a stand and telling them how much God loves them. How, how would they see us? Now you see... John the Baptist came out, and the Bible says he was clothed in the hair of a camel. So they had pulled the hair off of the leather before they tanned it, 
and they dried it, they cured it, they made it a cloth woven together, and I'm sure it was very coarse, it was very homely, and it was rough. But that's what John had on. Now, John didn't stand up there in the finest of linens that they wore in that day. When the Sadducees and the Pharisees come to hear what John was saying because they had people going out and coming back and telling them what all they had heard because they knew the scrolls. They knew the Pharisees and the Sadducees knew what God's plan was by reading from the scrolls, but they did not want anybody to mess up what they had. You see, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, they collected that money, that penance from the people. The more they could collect and the more they could convince you you had to give to make your way right, the better off they were. Last week, there was an ad sent out. My, my oldest brother, my youngest brother actually got it from a friend of his in the company he works for. And one of their, his fellow workers saw an ad for a Christian event in an arena held by a very popular television minister that has a huge church and has written books and sells them. And he was going to be there and to speak and tell this auditorium full of people about Jesus. And it would only cost you $141 a seat to go sit and hear him tell you about Jesus. Now, I want to show a hands this morning, and I really want you to think about it. How many of you would pay $141 to sit where you're sitting this morning and to hear some southern bald-headed man tell you God loves you? you got one person. Does your daddy know that? He does? Okay. I wouldn't pay it. And that's what John came out of the wilderness preparing the way. See, John came out of the wilderness saying, there's one coming greater than I am. There's one coming that will baptize you with fire and with the Holy Spirit. There's one coming that is going to pay that price so you don't have to. You know, I in my career in, in dealing with chickens and playing in the, the poultry industry and, and going through, I've had a lot of vendors, I've had a lot of companies and all come up and, and give me tickets to events, to ball games, to concerts, to free meals, all this stuff. I mean, I've had it, I've had it very well with them giving me stuff. I've got to see some very famous people sing. Uh, I've sat at tables with some very famous people, and I have got to see a lot of things that was just given to me. But the greatest gift that was ever given to me 
was during a Sunday school period that I had with a lady named Tynes. Tynes was a good, godly woman. And in her Bible, she kept notebook paper. And if somebody asked Tynes, would you pray for my son? He's lost. Tynes would open up the Bible, that notebook paper, and write his name down. Or Tynes, my daughter is not where she needs to be with the Lord, and Tynes would write down that name. Or our marriage is not what it needs to be. We're not serving God. We're not working. Tynes would write them down. And every time Tynes prayed, she would take that Bible and she would lay it out and she would say, Lord, you know the names on this sheet. And you know the need for those names. You know everything about that person that there is that they need. God, just take care of them and do it now. And every time she prayed, she prayed for those people on that list. And every time somebody came back and says, you know, Tynes, six months ago I asked you to pray for my son, my daughter, our marriage. And God had mended it. Tynes had opened it up and she would take a pencil and she would draw through it. And why did she draw through it? Because every time that God solved the problem that that name had, she said, Lord, keep them where they ought to be. So not only did she pray for them to get with God, but that God would keep them holy in their life every day. Tynes was my Sunday school teacher, and Tynes prepared every Sunday. She was ready to teach us about Christ and how to be Christ-like. Now, we lived out in the country. We went to a very rural church. My father was pastor of it. And in the age group that Tynes taught, there was two. Two of us in her Sunday school class. Her granddaughter and myself. And every Sunday, tights come in and she taught us what God's love meant. What God's grace was. How we could accept that. How we could keep that. And how we could profess that. Every Sunday she came. Not one Sunday did she come in unprepared to tell us what God's grace was. John the Baptist came out of the wilderness. The prophet Isaiah in around the 40th chapter said there will be one voice, one voice crying out. Look around you this morning. Can you be that one voice in your home? Can you be that one voice in your community? Can you be that one voice in your family? Can you be that one voice in your school? Can you be that one voice at your job? Can you be that one voice that stands up and tells the world 
God loves you. And His Son died for you. You know, every Sunday that Tynes was there, she, she would tell us that story. And Tynes was mean. She had a whole crew of them women that she would meet with. And Tynes would tell them, I got a special need I want you to pray for. And that whole group of those women that met didn't ask her who it was. They just started praying. Now, if you want to do something mean for somebody, and I mean really mean, pray that God gets a hold of them. The bed gets too short to sleep in. It's too narrow. The sheet won't ever stay tucked in. It keeps pulling up. Your feet keep getting cold. The pillow's hard as a rock. You know, I heard this expression, and, and the gentleman that said it passed away a year or two ago with cancer he was on Sports Center, and he said it, the guy was as cool as the other side of the pillow. Have you ever woke up in the middle of the night and turned your pillow and laid back down and felt how cool that pillow was? God will make that pillow so hard you can't rest. And He'll make it so hot you can't stand it. John the Baptist came out, and he was telling them, all that they're charging, all that they're telling you, all that they're saying, all you got to know is God loves you. His son died, is going to come and die for you, and he's going to be born again. You're, you will be born again if you believe and confess. Now, when the Sadducees and the Pharisees arrived, John looked up and saw them, and to get his point across, to the ones that were standing there around, what John called them? John said, you're a brood of vipers. Now, why would he say that? Why would John say that? Look at the time period that they were in and the region that they were in. The most dangerous thing in their neighborhood, their community, their, stro their road was a viper. They didn't have all the wild lions and bears and tigers, all that running around. No, but they had snakes. They had vipers that would poison us. That if someone was bitten by one, would not probably make it back to town. So John called them a brood of vipers because he wanted the ones that were standing around to know that that type of religion is dangerous. And today, I am sorry to stand up here and tell you, but there are churches that have that type of religion and they are dangerous to the Word of God and to the reputation of His Son that died for us. I have seen and I've heard of churches and I, and I have listened to these people stand up and say, do what you want to do that makes you happy. That's what God wants. Well, that's not true. Do what, live however how you want to live. It doesn't matter. That's not so. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, if, if they were alive today, they would be, well, 
back in their time, they would have rode up on the finest chariot and the finest horses they could find. They would be wearing the most impressed, impressionable, imported sandals that you've ever seen. They would be dressed to the nines with the finest linens and silks. They would have servants that would go before them cleaning off the path so their imported shoes didn't get dirt on them. They ate at the finest restaurants. They lived in the finest, biggest subdivisions that there was. And here comes John. Here comes John walking out of the desert, coming out of the wilderness, and I'm, I'm, I'm thankful he was baptizing. At least he was in running water to try to wash some of the odor away. Have you ever been close to a camel? Really close? They're not the best smelling critter on the barnyard. I promise you. They have a stench about them that will not go away. And John was wearing a cloak. His clothes were made out of that hair. So him being in the water, hopefully it was washing some stuff away. But that's what John told him that he was there for. He was there to get them to repent, confess they believed, and then to wash away, to give an example of what was happening. But John told them, and I want you to know this morning, there is someone coming that is greater than anybody in this world. And guess what? He's coming back. John went out. He wasn't the best dressed. He wasn't the most elegant of speakers. There are people sitting in churches this morning that do not know where God's grace come from. There are people sitting this morning with their name on the roll books of a church that have no idea how the blood was shed to wash away their sins and offer them the forgiveness that they've had. There are people today that don't know who Christ is. They have placed their trust in somebody standing here instead of somebody sitting there. They have lifted up their eyes to see what kind of style and fashion this person is wearing or his wife or their children or what kind of car they're driving. But they haven't known that the man that went up on the cross who laid down willingly and allowed those nails to be driven in his wrist and his feet and his side to be pierced, and he died and he shed every drop of blood he had for us. Went to a borrowed tomb to be buried, and then rose again. They have no idea that that's what Christ did for them. When Christ showed up at the Jordan, the Pharisees, Sadducees are all there, and when Christ come parting through the crowd and looked at John and said, I need you to baptize me, John immediately recognized him and said, I'm not worthy 
to carry your shoes and you need to baptize me. But Christ, God's only Son, said to fulfill the plan God set before us, you need to baptize me. Even God's Son followed God's plan. This morning we have people in this community and we have people in this state, we have people in this country and around this world that think they've got a better plan than what God offered. There's people that are standing in pulpits this morning telling people that Live your life to the fullest because that's what God wants for you. I'll tell you a secret. If you live your life to God's plan, your life will be full. Without God's grace, without His sufficient, ever-empowering mercies, I wouldn't be here. There's some of you that are sitting here this morning that if it wasn't for what God has done in your life or somebody's life that you know, you wouldn't be here. Tynes was there every Sunday morning and she would tell us, she would close out and she'd say, when I'm praying, if you want to accept Christ, just, just, just touch my hand and I'll know. Well, there wasn't but two of us in the room. And she set one here and one here. So she knew which one was going to touch if they touched. And that group of ladies that Tynes had praying for us, anybody on that list? You know, I had gotten to the point I didn't think I needed vacation Bible school, so I, was, I volunteered to be a helper. Most miserable vacation Bible school I've ever been in. Every one of those women Tynes had talked to, Every time I would go to help them do, wash dishes, pour Kool-Aid in cups, set cookies out, all I heard was, you know God loves you. You know God wants you to get saved. You know, we, could, we can pray right here. We don't have to wait. You know, we've got, a big, we've got some kids already that's accepted Christ. We, one more ain't. There's room. There's one more. There's room for you. And I'm going to tell you, it was miserable. But it was worth it. That one voice crying out in my life made it worth it. This morning I wonder, could you be that one voice for somebody? Could you be that one voice that makes a difference in somebody's life? Are you willing to break camp, to move away from your comfortable spot you've got and be willing to go forward and say, God loves you and His Son is coming for you. This morning, I want to know, for you to know, that being that one voice could change a whole world that you live in.
that one voice could mean a difference in this church. That one voice can mean a difference in your home and in your family. This morning as the praise team, as they come up to close us out and we get ready to, to go out of here, and I just want you to look in your heart and in your life, and are you willing to be that one voice? Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. If you have a prayer request or any other need, we would love to hear from you. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 400, Riverton, Kansas 66770. Or call us at 620-848-3347. You may find us on Facebook and online at RivertonFBC.com. Our Sunday school classes begin at 9.45 a.m. with worship services at 10.45 a.m. In addition, small group Bible studies meet on Sunday nights in various homes within the community. Please join us on Wednesday nights for a community-wide meal at 6, followed by Bible study for all ages at 7. The church is located at 6895 Southeast Bluebird Lane, just two blocks north of the Riverton Quick Stop or one block south of Community Bank and Trust and one block west. This is Downtown Keith Brown inviting you to join us again next Sunday morning at 8.30 for another exciting message from God's Word. Have a great week and God bless.